0: Previously, on the Simply Human Podcast. Brown on the top, brown on the bottom. Got a crack right down the middle. There's a hole right in the middle of it. (laughs) So it's pretty, fairly hairy. I said, it serves him right. The guy says, why is that? He says, running all over his
1: face. It's episode 39 of the Simply Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, we had already told you that it was going to be Dan Party. Well, he We're liars. He was sick, and we have rescheduled with Dan, which means that we can bump up the great and magnificent Kelly Starrett, K Star, uh, author of "Becoming a Supple Leopard." I we'll get to him in just a minute. I'm so excited to have K Star on. Uh, I'm I might. Just have to let Rick interview him because I'll be so nervous. Like, I'll be like Chris Farley, like, oh, is it true to love you take? Is equal to love you make? <laughs> that was awesome. Okay, then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with part two of the Jin Gagne story. And we'll wrap up with our Simply Human tip of the week. How are you, Rick?
2: Very tired. Uh, I had a very long. This is. We're recording this on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And so this is my. The equivalent of my Monday, this is the first day of my work week, and I had to spend the last two days in court.
1: So like your weekends were spent standing yes, in court. Yes.
2: The vast majority, well, not the vast majority, but a very long portion of my weekend, two, parts of two days were spent in trial. So, was it,
1: yeah. was it your, your public nudity thing that you had going <laughs> yes, on? Yes, so I was
2: finally, the judge gave me 30 hours of community service. Thank God I'm done.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of Rick's Cop Corner, it is now time for Rick's Cop Corner. Um, oh, okay. And here's a question that I have for you that my wife and I have debated against because she when I when she's I, right, she wins. Yeah. When I performed this maneuver, she made this noise. Oh. She made this noise. <gasps> the the all famous and encompassing woman scared noise that they seem to make when you when when nothing happens. Um, anyway, this is what happened.
2: I feel like you need to take that last bite like completely out of context and put it in the, like... And remember, and remember yeah. when I made this maneuver, she made this noise. <gasps>
1: <laughs> well, I might just have to do that at the end of this episode. Okay, so it's a green light. I'm turning left. We've already kind of discussed this before, but this is a little bit different. Okay. Uh, the light turns... I, okay, so instead of waiting behind the the line, when the green yield light to turn left is on... Going ahead and pulling out into the intersection.
2: Yeah, he's out there. So that, yeah, you, so, you'll, so at least it, you'll get a chance. to And go. then
1: if it yeah. turns yellow when the cars stop, you can just scoot across real fast. Is that okay to do?
2: The long and short of it is, I don't know. Uh, <gasps> the I, I had a long argument with a with a boss uh, a few years ago about this. He said that that is you can do that. It's called possession of the intersection. Yeah, that 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 concept is basically. When your automobile is in the intersection, whether it's driving forward or turning left or waiting to turn left or what have you, and you're in the intersection and that light turns yellow and then turns to red, you have the right to remove your vehicle from the intersection. Does that make sense? Yes. You you can't just, oh, light's red. I got to stop here in the middle of the intersection. Um, Now, from what I understand, obviously it's going to be different different states are going to have laws written in a different way. Uh, and I probably should seek clarification. Uh, <laughs> the reason I haven't sought clarification is if I'm writing someone a red light ticket, it's because like the light turns red and then like three seconds later they barrel through there. Right. Um, so usually for me, like I don't need to like uh, what's the exact definition of uh, running a red light. Uh, uh, for me, it's a, a blatant super violation uh, when I write it. So I'm usually not wholly concerned with it. But I would imagine you're probably okay when you like ease out there when the light's solid green and you're waiting for your chance to turn left and then the light turns yellow and the other cars stop and you go, I think you're probably fine with
1: Okay, that. thank you. You have validated me and given...
2: Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I meant the other way. Yeah, the other way. <laughs> yeah, the other, no, were, way no go ahead. Jen is right. Uh, you are wrong, Mark.
1: Well, uh, speaking of Jen and P... Um,
2: Oh, we uh, were start talking I, about P. I
1: have a gin P story. So our five year old. <laughs>
2: oh, this is, sounds like a great idea. Yeah. To
1: us. <laughs> our five year old is like me. She's the world's heaviest sleeper, which makes it hard. Like her body, we've we've done some reading on it, and she, like when she needs to go to the bathroom in the night, she sleeps so hard that that little hormone that's supposed to wake you up before you pee on yourself, uh, isn't like strong enough to wake her up. And so she So that's just,
2: your excuse, huh?
1: Yeah. So I as well pee in my bed and that's why I sleep in a with a big trash bag wrapped around my groin. Um <laughs> so last night we what we do is like we've been we've been kinda like sort of half waking her up and taking her before we go to bed at like, you know, ten thirty, ten forty five and that usually lasts her, you know, through the rest of the night. Well last night I was asleep. Jen like Goes to get the five-year-old out of the top bunk, and and she's—I guess she gave the, the, the command too early. I guess she said we need to go potty, and when Jen or when Halen, in her like drunken stupor of sleep, <laughs> heard like potty, she just started peeing all over Jen, all over the bed, the ladder, the floor, <laughs> and, and like everything, and and Jen had to deal with that. But I had I my sleep, like, I had my sleep mask on, so I couldn't help. So
2: I feel like, uh, and I, and I'm going to include podcasting in this, like a uh, social media in general, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, the new technology of 2014 is going to make when our children turn 16, oh. 17, it's going to be so much more painful. They're going to hate it because us. like you'll be able to see like oh let's just look up Dad's Facebook pictures from. 15 years ago and see there's you know, me the naked kids, <laughs> yeah. the kids playing in the bathtub or something like that. It's like the equivalent to like the parents getting out the, uh, the photo album, like on your prom night and yeah. like, Oh, embarrassing you. Uh, yeah. All they have to do is like <laughs> Halen's prom date is going to be like, Whoa, you just piss like all over your mom. That's real weird, man. I listened
1: to episode thirty-nine of the podcast. Yeah, I don't know why he's gonna be a hippie.
2: Why I was like, yeah. hey man, it's so trippy.
1: <laughs> and we can't date anymore. Hey man, this isn't gonna 39. work
2: out, bro. <laughs> I hope bro makes its way out of the verbal lexicon in the next fifteen years. By the way,
1: I like the word bro. I like. Uh, I, there's a shirt that I saw yesterday that said, "Don't bro me if you don't know me," and I thought that was good.
2: I have to tell people all the time at work when I'm like putting on my like, oh, I'm going to give you an angry lecture. Like, don't you bro me.
1: <laughs> Do the people call you bro? Whereas like Oh, my gosh. As a, as a yes. cop, like, hey, bro, I was just going fast because, bro, yes, I had to yes, like yes, bro up yes, to the volleyball. Yes. And I'm not like volleyball. big into
2: like uh, you will call me officer such and such. Just don't call me bro. Yeah. just You can just say – you don't even have to address me at all. You can say – I smashed my car into this light pole. You don't have to be like, look, bruh.
1: Did you say you don't? You don't even have to undress me at all. Is that what you said? Oh, you said. Oh, wait. Hold on. No, no, no. You said address me, oh, not yes, undress. Okay, I thought made a grave mistake. Sorry. <laughs> like I don't think I did, but uh, anyway, well, hang on. So, Rick's cop corner tip of the week: Don't call cops, bro. How about that?
2: I think that's a good guess. Just just nothing is fine.
1: And I haven't sent you your Simply Human t-shirt yet, uh, but it is coming. Your first payment for being the co-host on the Simply Human podcast.
2: Excellent. It's all coming in. I'll fill yeah. out of 1099 when I get that shirt. <laughs> hey, can yeah. I have a gray one like you
1: had? Uh, there's only one of those. They're all yellow. I'm whoa, sorry. Whoa. It, so far. So you
2: make one gray one and you keep it for yourself? Well,
1: Jeff b- got me that one for my birthday. I didn't realize you could make like one t-shirt. I would always thought that you had to make like 7,000 t-shirts. You can make one t-shirt? Yeah. So, customink.com. Uh, they didn't oh. obviously tell me to do that, but they are so fantastic. If you need t-shirts, try them out. Um, so, if you go to com slash shop, there oh. are pictures oh, okay. of the uh, shirts, and then you can order them through... I, I'm really just doing PayPal right now, so I don't have to like pay for like a credit card thing. Or if you're like local... I'll just bring it to you. And Rick, I'm just going to send you one. Uh, they're Excellent. the American, they're American Apparel. The the dual blend, the fifty fifty. Uh, so they're pretty cool. Um, Does that
2: mean they won't shrink up?
1: Uh, they shrink up just a little bit, but then they stay pretty good. I mean, they're okay. uh, they're they're really high quality shirts. So. Anyway, so get your Simply Human t-shirt if you're a listener of the show and uh, wear it around when people say, what the heck is that? Be like, bro, don't you know?
2: Hey, bro, it's these two dudes that talk about crapping in their pants all the time <laughs> on the radio.
1: Oh, hey, and off air, I uh, I have to tell you a really funny story about...
2: By the way, let me friend. pause very quickly for the listener. When I say mention something about crapping in their pants and Mark goes, oh, by the way, I can tell you a story <laughs> off air, uh, odds are... It's gonna be not it, a good story.
1: It is, not, it is not have to do with so me. So I was in this
2: board meeting with like 50 people, and I just, <laughs> blah, I just ex- had explosion pants right there, well, man. It was it, terrible, and I got fired from my
1: job. It it has to do with my brother's daughter's friend. And that's that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. And moving along, you can go to simplyhumanlifestyle. <laughs> this has become so
2: organic, the like uh, the opening segment, like us just chatting, yeah, with no direction. Period. It's
1: crazy. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's a train wreck of ten minutes. And so uh, simplyhumanlifestyle.com, There's all the goody goodies and things that you need, Facebook page, YouTube, Twitter, podcasts, all that stuff, the nutrients and skinny fat coupon codes are all there, and if you, have, if you can't find something or want to know information about something, just email me at simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. You can email Rick at Human Rick at gmail.com don't forget about the humans being human open we have uh i think five or six or even eight maybe uh, uh planned out but if you have a good story you think would be good for the show email me and we'll uh first of all see if it's a good story and then second of all yeah, your story, story
2: you, you. you just made it made a really lame story and they say hey you're you're, you're lame yeah
1: all right, uh, so without further ado, let's get to the great Kelly Starrett, the physical therapist, author of Becoming a Supple Leopard, a great book. We'll link to all that in the show notes. Mobility Wad on YouTube. The channel has about 535 videos. I know because I watched them all. Uh, I'm looking at the Supernova. Uh, mobility ball that's in front of my face right now don't say that's what she said there are lacrosse oh, balls
2: <laughs> man you totally beat me too <laughs> <laughs> there
1: are lacrosse balls all over the place in my house okay so here's kelly starrett we had we're actually about to call him so we're going to talk to him about all sorts of crazy stuff primarily though kids and movement because that is something that kelly and his wife julia are very passionate about here's kelly joining us today on the simply human podcast i have rick on the line as well i am i am of the 39 episodes that i have produced this i have to say and i'm not just saying this is probably the one i'm most excited about and kelly starrett if you knew how excited i was you probably wouldn't do the interview because you would be a little creeped out kelly starrett (laughs) a mobility wad becoming a supple leopard uh is so happy to have you on the show thanks for joining us
0: um, a my pleasure, and B I would have been I would even worn less clothes than I'm doing
1: now. <laughs> you would have, like you would have not worn a shirt, and then just like <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would have been even more naked human, pure human than I am right now. We'd uh, be doing the Skype video
2: chat, Mark in his like American flag speedo.
1: The whole thirty minutes is just like the uh, the.
0: <laughs> you know, jumping right into it. You know, John Wellborn, um, football player extraordinaire, cross football. Um, when he was in Brazil, he bought this one piece, like, like man speedo boy shorts. And it's, and John weighs about 300 pounds. And so they (laughs) obviously were garish on him, but they fit me perfectly and uh, you know I've been rocking the, the Brazil Speedo until the humiliating defeat, so ah. you know, it's interesting that we're tying this all back together. World yeah. Cup, Speedo, I see it. I see the yeah. truth.
1: And speaking of John Wellborn, uh, I emailed him, and he hasn't written me back, so if you talk to him, say, hey, that weird Simply Human guy, uh, be on his show, because he is awesome.
0: You're gonna need two Skypes because his brain is so large. Right.
1: Yeah, he's crazy. Like literally, Good. physically, his brain is like 14 pounds, I think, because <laughs> uh, he's so large. Okay, well, let's get right into this because there's like, I, I have so many things that I could I wouldn't talk to you about, and I I wake up every morning, I roll out of bed, and I open up, becoming a supple leopard, and I, I have the floss bands. I mean, I do everything you say. I've probably watched 350 of the mobility Ugh. watt videos. Uh, as like I told Will Fleming, a strength coach, that was on here. Like, I if you said, "Hey, one great way to open up your hips is go eat a big pile of poop out of a dumpster," I would be like, "Oh yeah, that sounds like a great idea," and I would go do it. Uh, so, as, long as,
0: as long as it worked, I'm in. You know, right? I, I mean, I think this is what's what's so exciting about your podcast is that we're seeing people sort of aggregate, you know, cultivate, um, you know, best practices and. All we've done, you know, we have some pretty innovative things, but you know, we've tried to really just crack the code on this. That like it's your responsibility, and we're seeing people make such good decisions. I mean, uh, we had a woman at the pool just a couple days ago. Like, I don't know her. Um, she's an older woman. She's like, I saw you on sixty minutes, and uh, I started holding my iPad differently, and my neck stopped hurting. She's like, Thank you so much. I'm like. I didn't do anything really. right. right.
1: You know what I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So let's get right into it. Um, before we start, I will say that in June of 2012, I visited uh, CrossFit or San Francisco CrossFit. I have a T-shirt. Uh, it was a Saturday, and so I worked out and and I used your that that crazy huge porta potty uh, that used to be in the, oh. in the in the thing. It was it had like decorations inside of it and all that. I have been I've been there.
0: You're talking about the Taj Mahal of yeah. porta potties. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. it's, on, it's on my resume of, of, of most uh, <laughs> impressive accomplishments. And one was that Juliet and I rented a porta potty for nine years. <laughs> it's it's humongous. Yeah, it was it, like. It, it was. Parker. And, and was, it was decorated nice. Like it was the nicest porta potty you could ever, you know. There was like a mirror. A, and, yeah, yeah, that was the parking lot of dreams. You know, when yeah. I think what's interesting about. For those um, listeners who maybe don't know what we're talking about, is we started in in the Golden Gate Recre- Recreational National Park, underneath the Golden Gate Bridge, yep. and a big fence in area, and we had some canopies, like you know, twelve hundred square feet of canopy, and some storage containers, and really the the idea was, hey, let's strip it back to if we have really excellent coaching and good thinking. It doesn't matter. And the fact that it really never rains, you know, it, it was, it's pretty spectacular. Yeah. Now that we have this amazing, beautiful facility in the Presidio, I can tell you that we were just perpetuating a hoax. We hated <laughs> it, but we made it work.
1: <laughs> right, right. It's like how my wife uh, sort of thinks about me. It's like, oh, he's okay. He's not that bad. And if she ever, like, if I ever died and she married someone else, she'd be like, man, he really was a piece of crap to live with. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about kids. I know that that's something that you and your wife are very, uh, uh, passionate about and if you watch some of the earlier mobility wide videos you will see bear star and bless bless her heart she just wants your attention and when you're trying to video it's really funny how you're having to kind of like navigate through her uh wanting your attention <laughs> while you're recording the videos but i have a five and three year old little girls and i have an eight month old son and so let's talk about kids and movement and in particular i mean there's so many things but let's first you, you mentioned something on mark bell's podcast about like how suffering is important and how kids today don't really go through, like, suffering. You, you talk about, like, the Junction Boys and how, like, you know, those guys, you know, were sort of molded into this super strong thing because they were, like, weren't given water for, like, seven days. So, like, <laughs> so, so talk a little bit about that.
0: Well, I think, uh, to spin people back up, what we were saying is that we're noticing in the upper echelons of of sport and human performance that... Kids who have a background and, and in a skill but also an aerobic skill like they played basketball and had to run lines or tennis and had to run lines or they played two-a-days or they did cross-country or, or road or something like that. Those kids have started an aerobic base that literally we know takes decades to develop. And what we've seen is that kid, you know, like my daughters are in swimming, and I don't know the last time you swam, but like in you swim twenty five meters hard, and instantaneously you're suffering. And so I think what we're what we're seeing is kids who come out of skills where they don't, or sports, or or lack of training, and jump into it late are sort of late to the game in their capacity to being uncomfortable. And that doesn't mean our kids need to just suffer, suffer. But uh, New York, was it New York Times, Juliet? This article we just saw that we're just looking at, New York Times just looked at, you know, that the aerobic capacities of kids is greatly diminished. And why aerobic capacity, of course, there are a lot of ways to train that aerobic capacity, right? Intense short bursts, hockey, et cetera, et cetera. There, you know, what we're seeing is that as an indicator of how long you're going to live, it's a pretty good correlate for quality of life. And what we're seeing is that kids are not getting any aerobic exercise but the problem is now, you know, how do you, how do you program that and train that? And so the questions we were saying is – what we're talking about is how do you give your kids that dose so they can have fun – that, that that the exercise is a byproduct of having fun you know and I think that's that's really where like the magic of something like crossFit kids or or gymnastics or, or less gymnastics but you know some of these other things where kids are working really hard but but as a side effect they're becoming fit and I think we really have to take a good look at that you know
1: right yeah Rick's hearing like kids and suffering he's got two boys and I'm sure he would love to just like lock into the closet like the suffering is for your own good
0: <laughs> <laughs> well you know and, and you know I mean uh, right now, our kids, we, we see that there are basic type one errors everywhere. We can talk about sports specificity and how much training, but the real issues are, one, our kids getting enough sleep, and we see that as a gigantic Gigantic problem is that kids are not going to bed early enough and sleeping long enough. We, you know, we um, coach our local uh, like swim club. It's a sort of like seventeen under swim team. We have kids from age you know five all the way up to seventeen, and we do the sports performance stuff for them. And and we, we put out a big piece about sleeping, and it turns out kids are get some of these kids are getting like nine hours of sleep, eight hours of sleep. And what we know unequivocally is that if you're an athlete training hard and these kids will swim an hour and a half plus all the other things that's a 10 hour of sleep minimum yeah. and we actually like plus 10 upwards of 11 plus for some of these kids and the kids are not getting that and so we just set them up for a burnout you know trajectory of just problems I mean forget the nutrition part forget the kids aren't drinking water that they exercise and go home hangry right but I mean forget all that just the fact that kids aren't sleeping is one of the big issues right. so you know, what we've got to do is if you know, if we're gonna take on childhood obesity and create super jocks who have desire to move and wanna move and play their whole lives, we've really gotta look at ways to hack the childhood piece. And for adults, if I mean if you can get your kids to go to bed eight and sleep to seven, you'll see decreased sick days, increased performance at school, kids are stoked, and but you've gotta like basically wear them out. I mean you've gotta be that little like Nervous dog that you throw the ball for 14,000 times never stops. Yeah, it never stops. And, and that's what we've got to sort of, you know, if you could put a trampoline in your backyard, you know you've got to create opportunities for kids to just wear themselves out right. and that's really the background
1: of this. so in our house after the sun goes down and it's different you know obviously different times of year but like so now down in Texas it gets dark around 8:45 so we have like orange light bulbs and candlelight and we don't do any artificial light after the sun goes down um and then uh so that that we've seen a big improvement in their sleep since we've started doing that over the last Oh, more than a year we've we've been doing that, and we've also got like a trapeze in their playroom, and they have a, no no uh, shoes in the house rule, and I'm like teaching them to squat and keeping their back straight. You know, it's like they're, they're these little perfectly clean slates that we have this opportunity to not you know, like jack them up, and and it's you know there's a trampoline I think I said there's a trampoline in the backyard, and so you're right, it's like we're just trying go on walks, just try to uh uh you know do things that are gonna allow your kids to maximize the it's not like they're superhuman they're just they're, they're given the the human bodies that we're designed to have it's just that everybody else just kind of gunks them up. So uh what are some well, of the hacks that you that you've seen?
0: Well I mean I think that's what you're what you're seeing is and talking about is probably the most important aspect that it's the parents' responsibility to sort of you know what we look at as kids is because you know people say this argument, you know, well if kids are perfect. Why do we have to teach them everything? Just let it be natural. I'm like, no, no. Kids grow and adopt and and figure out hacks of their own. It's your your part to be able to create those. What we like to think of is kids have big conduits running through the system. It's our job to pull the wires through the conduits, right? You've got to – those paths and best practices are sort of baseline. That's what it means. You're endowed with those as a human being, but then you've got to reinforce that by setting up behaviors – you know, one of the things that I've become, you know, early on, I saw the functional movement screeners as, you know, put forward by Gray Cook is, hey, that's not far enough. It doesn't get us far enough. But I sort of misunderstood. And as I've gotten to know Gray and talk extensively about it, what he's really advocating for is we should have some positions, basics that anyone can quick screen. Can you do this? Yes or no. And it's a quick test that, you know, like, the example he always uses is, you know, remember when you were in uh, in the '70s, you were in middle school and uh, early '80s, and you bent over and touch your toes, and, and the the gym teacher would assess whether or not your spine deviated because whether or not you had scoliosis, the screen was done by your by your gym teacher who wasn't very sophisticated about spinal mechanics, but could tell if the spine went left or right. the spine went right. And I think if we can kind of winnow this down into the simplest, not very complex, it's very simple you know, form that parents should be able to identify, hey, my kids are not walking with their feet straight. Well, I can ask them to walk with their feet straight, remind them to walk with their feet straight. I can show them how to use technology. I can get rid of the chair, you know, that your kids have to do their homework standing at the counter. You know, being barefoot, we walk whenever we can. We try to go for a barefoot walk. It's the barefoot mile around our neighborhood. We see some friends, but we just walk barefoot. And part of that is just, you know, creating, like you say, these these basically built-in hacks that don't feel like uh, insurmountable tasks that a, a family has to do. They just get buried into the into the course of the day, and I think that's where we can really have a profound effect on this next generation. And unfortunately, I mean, sometimes I'm like, look, we should just write off the current generation. We're too <laughs> right. old. We're too <laughs> broken. You're too stiff. Like you know, people literally are like, how do I get stiff? I'm like, well, I don't know for. <laughs> 40 years you've been a marathoner and you you know you didn't know that you had quads and you know and like I mean, the body. The good news is, honestly, that the body is like an obedient dog, and muscles and tissues are like obedient dogs, and they come around. Kids are so fast at self-correcting, right. but you just have to nudge it back and forth a little bit. You know, just tap it here, nudge it there, and pretty soon we get really good practices. It's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, I'm a I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist, uh, and so I and, and on sort of my side job, I help out with our. I work in the university. the university I played football at and uh so i so i help out with the football you know strength and conditioning program and these guys are 20 you know 17 to 22 year olds <laughs>
0: okay, whoa get it what was that the Wonder dog
1: okay i have yeah I, my my fat beagle is like i think he might be dead he might be dead at my feet rudy oh no he's alive okay he's alive um but um they they like these these Guys 17 to 22 years old can't – when we tell them to squat down, like do a groin stretch, they can't just squat down after the, a workout. Like they're already warm and keep their heels on the ground or if their heels are on the ground, their feet are just splayed out, you know, like 90 degrees. So it's like – and I, what I tell the guys is there, there is no – you're not going to get better just on your – like for like for no reason. You're going to have – if you don't make changes and actually be active about ungluing your joints and your tissues, it, it's only going to get worse and so, so like yeah, so like what are some of the things that that like? At what age? Like I know we talked about sitting, or, or you talked about sitting in school and why that is so bad. And like, so what are some of the things that you know young kids can do to sort of sort of stop that? Because sorry, I know I'm asking you like seven questions, but okay, the mobility of like a five year old is amazing. You know, like they have they can just squat down. They they have the full you know quad mobility. Everything is perfect. Are we supposed to we're supposed to have some some like semblance of that mobility when we're older, right? It was just we just do things, you know, somewhere in between there sitting all the time that we start to get stiff. Is that right?
0: We do start to get stiff. And I you know, it's interesting now that we've sort of in mobility wide language, you know, we have millions of users on the site and tens of millions of episodes viewed and what we've seen is that people are the joint caps is really coming around fast in our athletic populations. People are getting how to open up their hips and joints, but we're still seeing stiffness. And part of the stiffness problem, I think, is that we are training in freakish, freakish ways and then making adaptation failures around it. So, you know, we'll see, for example, that, powerlifters as a, as a community sort of issue and disdain the cardio respiratory demand right you know they right. they don't really like to breathe hard except unless there's a thousand pounds on their back for reps i mean don't get wrong but what we have saw is that you know louis simmons was programming a lot of sled drags and things for his athletes and some of that was conditioning but some of that was just de right just moving so one of the issues is you cannot train an hour a day or an hour and a half a day and then go sit at work right it's it's literally you can't and what happens is you just overwhelm any movement practice that you have and and you know we were at lecturing at the um Stanford medical school not too long ago, you know, and these physicians, the young physicians, you know, uh, in their, in their final year, I was like, how many people have a movement practice? And the guy raised his hand, he's like, I ride my bike, you know, and I was like, not a movement practice, that's exercise. What do you do? You know, and we just went around and so many people are playing sports. And sure, deriving some cardiovascular benefit, but they are not exposing the joints and tissues to the fullest range or the normal ranges that they need to do. And the problem is, it's easy to get sucked into. I have to sit. I'm on the airplane. And what we realized is that we just have to program to being a modern. It means it means maybe we didn't if we were squatting down and eating on the ground all the time, you know, and toileting on the ground and sleeping on the ground. Maybe we would have fewer problems. Right. You know, the the incidence of falls in Elderly homes uh, in in Asian countries is much much lower because those elderly still sleep on the ground and they have to get up and get up off, up and down off the ground. Right. You know, uh, one of the fast you know tickets to getting you know, you know sent to a, a nursing home is inability to get up off the ground. And you know, as a PT student, you know, I mean, I worked with like in the neurologic uh, you know rehab. I spent so much time on people being able to get up off the ground. They literally couldn't do that, and that was the skill. So the issue is we know you're going to be compromised. Well, let's go ahead and just plan on that, and that we've actually taken that concept right out of the way we dealt with professional athletes. If you're a pitcher, well, guess what? You have problems that look like a pitcher. If you're a crossfitter, you look like a crossfitter. If you play rugby, you're going to look like a rugby player. And so what was nice is that we can start to kind of create a picture of what these athletes' demands are, and then we can come up with specific prescriptions relative to the demands of their high-performance sport, but we just flip that into the modern life. If you're forced to sit... Well, here's what we think is a 10 or 15-minute intervention where you're going to restore the normal extensibility and sliding ability of your tissues. We're going to be able to address some of these other aspects And sort of get you back to zero. You know, a long time ago, I used this concept of the suck line. You know, and and as long as your tissues and bodies above the suck line, you're good. You can be 1% above the suck line or 80% above, 80 degrees above the suck line. But as long as you don't dip below the suck line, you can manage. You know, we're always trying to put money in the bank but the second you dip below that I'm too stiff I'm irritated a tissue you know I'm too stiff whatever the mechanism is and you get you know then we've got your attention so our job is to stay above that suck line to the mi- sort of the minimum therapeutic dose you know you don't have to to dedicate hours and hours and hours to this you have to have a movement practice which looks like yoga or pilates or movenat or fighting or crossfit you have to do something like that where you're basically expressing you know uh, Mark was just saying the other day, you know, I pointed this out to him once. I was like, hey, Mark, you know how long it's been since you actually took your hip to full range of motion? He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, you get out of bed, you sit at the chair, you sit on the toilet, you get in your car, you squat to parallel. You never, ever squat all the way down. Your hip never sees the end ranges of its motion. He's like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. That's that's true. And I was like, and you get paid to squat. You know what I mean? Okay. So. You know, imagine now that that's your mom or your sister or your kids, and I think that's where part of this goes. You know, when we when we um, circle up and talk at the with our kids swimming, we do it in the bottom of a squat, and just you know, as a place of just sort of you know grooving those patterns all the time and reinforcing it. It, it ends up being not such a big deal. Plus. We are now starting to see these interventions. Oh, hey, we, there can be no technology or bright lights before you go to bed. You need to sleep in a dark room. It needs to be quiet, or you need to be cold. You know, you, you know, and there, what we're seeing is, we've come up with what we think is the best practice out of performance. And we've been able to trickle that backwards. Right, and that's what's, that's what's so exciting about where we are right now.
1: Rick actually has a lot of experience with a suck line. Anyway, um, I
0: was going to say just real quick. Um, <laughs> hey,
2: Kelly, Kelly, say I show up at your house today and, uh, and we meet and you see, oh, yeah, this guy. Well, very. I know it's probably news to you, but I, I am not a world-class athlete. I'm not an Olympic gold medalist. Uh, I, I am not a, a high-performance machine by any stretch of the imagination. I'm a person trying to, uh, to, to be healthy. Uh, well into old age uh, and trying to do, you know do my best. I am not flexible at all. I can probably touch my toes and that might be about it. Where do I start? Where do you point me in the direction? like where is the point where like, okay, this right here is flexibility or mobility 101. point me in that direction. Where do I begin?
0: Well, honestly, where you would begin is by creating with an understanding that given enough time and effort, you will you can reclaim full function. And that's normal. That's normal function, right? A quick test I always point at people is put your feet together and squat down all the way to the ground. Heels should stay on the ground. Can you do that, yes or no? And that's like, that's full hip range of motion, full ankle range of motion. You know, I'm going to do that right now. See if I can do that right now. Hang on. I bet you can't. I. Okay. Uh, please call 911. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I'm
2: broken. I can't get up.
0: No, I cannot do that. So, continue. So, you know, what's amazing is that's not. Freakish amounts of range of motion. That's basics. So if you're a runner, for example, and you don't have full ankle range of motion, then you're running down a very narrow hallway, and if you lose your boat, you bounce off the hallway. That's injury. You know. And what we're trying to do is give you a big, broad palette of capacity, and then you may only need a piece of it for your sport, but you're still responsible for the whole thing. And I think that's that's been the error. We didn't sort of recognize. You know, what are the things that a human should do, and how do I keep coming back to being able to do that? So, to answer your question, some of the most important things you can do are one, are you drinking enough water? And more importantly, are you absorbing the water you're drinking? And what we've seen is that athletes and people, remember, everyone is an extraordinary machine, but people are not drinking any water at all. The, the cups of coffee and the glass of wine at the end of the day do not count. And what we know is some of our baseline is you should be somewhere between two and three liters a day. You know, if you're a small person, two liters. If you're a big person, three liters. Like that's, that's a really rough guideline based on, you know, if we said 100 ounce body weight divided by ounces, da, da, da. The real issue for us is saying, are you absorbing the water you're drinking? And what we're seeing is that people are drinking massive amounts of water trying to do the right thing. And they're actually blowing out their electrolytes and creating stiffness and actually creating dehydration. You know the fastest way to make a stiff body is to blow out all the electrolytes. What we see is that people are bolusing their kidneys with water but not actually absorbing the water. So they have to pee all the time, they're still dehydrated. And, and this is a, a gigantic problem. Adding a pinch of sea salt to your water can change your life. Because what ends up happening is you make that water a little bit more you know, isotonic and your body can recognize it and absorb it. Drinking water when you eat that also seems to work really well. That's why animals do it. So, you know, we think that if you started increasing your water, you know, and it's difficult sometimes to get hustling through the day. And remember, you only have to drink two or three liters. That's not very much. And, you know, get wake up in the morning, chug some lemon water with a pinch of salt or have some eggs and drink some water. You can really spread that out. You don't need to drink a gallon of water a day. That's really going to set you backwards. So the first one is water. Second one is sleep. We can't tell you the amount of sleep errors that we come across. So on last Monday, Juliet and I and Mark Bell, we were out uh, talking with the WWE, right? That's all of the best wrestlers on the planet. And there's John Cena and, and Titus O'Neil and the Divas. I mean this room is full of extraordinary athletes like right? Brian Daniels. And what ends up happening is those guys have to train like beasts because they're very athletic and the things they do are crazy. They – travel a crap ton and the traveling kills them because they're in different time zones, sleeping in different beds, not getting a regular program. Plus, they get thrown through ladders and body slammed. So we actually have full contact injuries. Plus, they have to look really good. And what we're saying is, okay, well, you can't control the aesthetic demands and the training, but what you can do are try to control the aspects of your life. And one of the things that we know is the sleep is such a big issue and so if you want to really change your quality of sleep make sure you're not drinking caffeine afternoon you know that four o'clock caffeine bump is messing up you may fall asleep but you don't stay asleep and so what we're going to see is that if you can start to get regular about sleep and you start drinking water you'll notice that you stop feeling as stiff and you'll start to have higher desire to move. Your body sort of registers that internal stiffness all the time. And that really brings us to the next question. Where do where do we start mobilizing? Well, you know, unfortunately, you're a system of systems. And, you know, what? it doesn't matter where you start as long as you start somewhere. Here's the mistake people make is that – You know, it seems overwhelming. Wow, I just spent you know five minutes on my quads, and I haven't even touched my hamstrings, and that's right. But you have time on your side, and if you start 10 or 15 minutes a day doing anything, it's going to improve the overall system. You know, so where do you start? Well, we tend to start around the spine, and one of the easiest places to start, honestly, is in the diaphragm and in the gut. And one of the reasons we're we're, we've started spending more time there and we're focusing on this this region, is that we're seeing when people sit, they're either sitting in an overextended spine position, like they're sitting up too straight, or they're sitting in a slightly flexed position. And when you do either of those things, and most of us are sitting 8 to 12 hours a day, what's happening is that you're actually compromising the function of of your body. What do I mean? Well, what we know is that if you're overextended or if you're flexed, your diaphragm doesn't work very well. And so what ends up happening is you do a lot more stress breathing. And then that diaphragm gets stiff. All the tissues that support your spine end up having to work in a really, really weird position. So the psoas, the the iliacus, the QL, your your obliques, all of these things get very, very stiff. What's also interesting is that when we sort of just take that – that that, uh, stimulus away, that sitting compromise, what we start to see is the system bounces back very, very rapidly. But if you're breathing in a bad position 10,000 times a day, then what we see is that that practice makes permanent, becomes your dominant pattern. And now we have really dysfunctional diaphragm. So I'm breathing in my neck that causes all kinds of stress, headaches, bad mechanics, numb hands. I can't stabilize my spine very well. I'm very inefficient. My VO2 drops. But there's another diaphragm in your body, and that's, that's your pelvic floor. So forget the fact that when I don't breathe right, I can't activate my parasympathetic nervous system, that I, I end up being in a, a stress state, cortisol goes to the roof. But you know, diapers in America is a $2 billion industry, billion with a B, adult diapers. And we're seeing that people are having massive amounts of pelvic floor dysfunction because they don't stand. And you have to stand and learn how to do tadasana or create a little torque in your hip that will subtle screwing of your hip into the ground because that's what upregulates your pelvic tone. And so what we're seeing is… If we just take rid of the spinal problems in America, man, we just pull out, you know, the the rate-limiting factor to so much dysfunction. Half a million spinal surgeries in America every year. Back pain just gets goes on and on as like a two hundred billion dollar problem in the United States, un sort of un, unknowable, right? By the CDC, it's bull. What we're seeing is that if if we get people in better positions and then show them that just by laying on a a kid's ball and working on their abs, they can upregulate their trunk function, restore that diaphragm function, and and they will feel better immediately. What we also know is that if you're – you know, if your thoracic spine is stiff, then your shoulders don't work. And if your thoracic spine is stiff, your head is in a bad position. So starting with the spine, we see as the as the limiting factor for our athletic performance. When we see loss of spinal position, we see loss of mechanical efficiency, we see decrease in force production across the nervous system, we see challenges in breathing capacity, abdominal stabilization. So if anyone was to start anything, I would say, hey, focus on your the tissues and the mobilization around your spine first, then we can work out outwards towards your hips and outward towards your feet and ankles and etc cetera, etc cetera. but the bottom line is don't wait start a little practice and here's the real the big tie in for people is we've obsessed on sleep we know that people are having a hard time being able to down regulate at night so the, the light bulbs that you put in are helping people to turn off it gets dark I get quiet my body starts to get ready for sleep right you should hit this pillow and black out within five minutes and if you don't you have a problem in that sympathetic, parasympathetic tone state. Cortisol is going through the roof. You don't sleep. Test is low. Right. The quality of your sleep is bad. What we know is that doing some soft tissue work before you go to bed is one of the ways to activate that parasympathetic nervous system. And working on your guts, literally laying on a princess ball and rolling around or a supernova on the counter or a softball, Can really kind of turbocharge that off switch click and make it possible for you to sleep better, and then that sets a whole cycle back into boy, my you know my neuroendocrine axis works well, testosterone is higher, growth hormone is higher, et cetera, et cetera, and bay I sleep better, and then I'm less stiff, and then everything gets better.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's awesome. And if someone asked me that question, I would say. even if Even if your book costs one hundred and eighty dollars, I would say that 's worth it. It would be worth it if it was like four hundred dollars in my opinion. Like go by becoming a supple leopard and, and if you don 't know what to do for ten minutes, just pick something different uh, every day like in the back of the book there 's like different the different uh, you know, systems you know you have the trunk and the legs and the arms and all the kind of things in the back and so what i 've actually gotten up uh, to for what i 'm doing. I probably do thirty minutes a day. I'll do ten minutes on my knees in the morning after my workout. I'll do. I've gotten to where I can do the couch stretch up against the wall, no problem. Whereas when I first try, tried to do that, I was like, okay, that's never ever going to happen in the history of my life. And I've gotten to where I can do that pretty easily, and I and I hold everything for two minutes. I do the counter stretch progression, the hips, and the reverse ballerina, and the and all that stuff. And I'm just, I mean, I. When, when my girls, they know not to touch like my mobility stuff because when I can't find it, I'm just like, "Where's
0: my stuff? I'm not gonna be able to to walk." Well, you know, we we leave that. I think you bring up a good point. Is that you know, it's nice to have some baselines. Hey, I just you know, I don't have to couch stretch a lot. Well, once in a while, I need to touch it. And and what we're saying to people who maybe haven't googled couch stretch was that was my fancy term for putting the hip in full extension. And trying to put the leg so the quads are sort of at their limits, right? And we work the fascia, the anterior line. The the key to this is you are responsible for the entire system. That means your neck, your jaw, your thoracic spine, your forearm. Like, and so people ask me all the time. They're like, "Give me, give me the program." I'm like, "All right, <laughs> you're responsible for everything underneath your hair, right. and you better have a, you know, you've got to deal with all that tissue. You don't have to deal with it all at once. And some areas, you know, like if anyone's listening, for example, most of the people listening are pretty savvy. And let's, let's say that they're working on their calves once in a while. Like, I bet it shows up once a week where someone's stretching their calves or smashing their calves or doing something. And I'm like, okay, so you know, you got that. When's the last time you smashed your forearms or worked on your forearms? And people are like, "Mm, never. And that's the truth is that we see that some of the areas of your body have never been addressed in terms of the stiffness of the systems because they're so resilient. You know, your forearms don't ever give you grief until you have elbow pain or carpal tunnel syndrome. You know, it's pretty amazing how robust your forearms are. Yet there's there's a system like any other. You know, we, we say the same thing about the musculature and the fascia of the trunk, you know, from the diaphragm down. Is that I'm like, look, how many times your quads been sore and people are like, mm, a million. And I'm like, what'd you do? And they're like, I got a massage. I, I rolled them out. I stretched. I bent. And I'm like, okay, when's the last time your abs were sore? And they're like, they're still sore now. And I'm like, well, what'd you do for it? And they literally say, nothing. I ate ice cream. I hope they heal. <laughs> and the issues is that we're not looking and you. You're realizing that that's you. Is that you're realizing, we're realizing that people aren't addressing the body is just a mechanical system that needs a little input once in a while and it's so miraculous its ability to, to move and what you brought up with your kids is that you know we just we have a few rollers and things Our the battle stars hanging out and you know our kids do the splits once in a while and they sort of they sort of mimic us because we're doing it and people tweet a lot of photos of their kids mimicking their parents behaviors but if you're messing around in, in evening for 10 or 15 minutes rolling a ball Kids get it; they totally get it, and they know when it hurts and doesn't hurt. They can tell when they're stiff, and that is part of the language we think that's required to be a human. Is empowering kids to make better decisions. Hey, man, if your feet hurt, why don't you roll them out? You know, and literally, it's it's that simple.
1: Right? Yeah, and it just like I have you, and I know you're super busy, and we're at like thirty-three minutes, and I'm like I'm like cursing the the. I guess the structure of the show that I have created of keeping these interviews around this time. So we're going to have to wrap it up. I'm, I'm hoping while I've got you and people that are listening that we can have you back on, uh, to continue the conversation. I know, uh, you're like ridiculously crazy busy, but I just think that, uh, what you have to say is super important and not like you need any help getting your message out there, but would love to have you back on the show. Um, and I'm going to ask you the final question it's a question I've asked every guest on the Simply Human podcast and that
0: is yes yes th- these are my real caps is that what you're going to say
1: oh uh, well actually the first question the, the, the first question <laughs> they're <laughs> implants. Yeah, the, the first question I had written to ask you that I forgot to ask you was uh, do you have any weaknesses um, and then wait, I didn't ask you that but then I was going to I was going to mention some funny terms that you have uh, and I'm just going to say these terms and then if you want to learn more about them you just need to go watch the Mobility wad videos uh, those terms are are chesticles uh (laughs) douchebag shoulders or db shoulders and the pain face and uh you can look those up uh on kelly's stuff so the question is what is something you enjoy about life or something you do to make life more enjoyable it can be anything
0: um yeah people don't realize that if you have a hot tub it will change your life (laughs) i i was one of my prime goals as a young man but I'm in the hot tub once or twice a day. Changes uh, my life. Do you hot tub, hot tub, hot tub?
1: Do you ever make it a cold tub?
0: Uh, well, it's interesting. The hot tub is best used early in the morning. Yeah. You know, we know that it can relax people at night. But if your core temperature is high when you go to bed because you're 104 degrees, you will not sleep very well. You don't create as much serotonin uh, when you're when you're you know when you're hot. So use the hot tub. In the wrong the way. Use it in the morning, and you'll you'll see that your life will completely change. Yeah.
1: Well, I I, uh, I take cold showers for two reasons: to keep my body temperature low, and like especially like if i take one at night, and also to suffer uh, because I don't think there's uh, we suffer enough. But anyway, that's a whole well, other time. I, I,
0: I know we're out of time, but um, I will tell you that one of the fastest ways when you're really messed up from training or stress is if you take a cold plunge. This is not ice bath. You just take a cold plunge or stand in a cold shower. You can reset that nervous system, we find it makes a huge difference in being able to reactivate that parasympathetic nervous system. It's a great, great hack. People should keep in the back of their pocket. Well, I messed up from travel. I'm not going to sleep. I've trained really hard. I'm feeling blown out. Cold shower. It's like hitting reset.
1: Yeah. Rick, take a cold shower. Don't be a baby. Just do it. Come on, so just
0: follow my what my wife keeps telling me, and like get take a
2: cold shower. Like God, you're telling me, oh. Mark's <laughs> telling me, Kelly Sturridge telling me, fine, I'll take a
1: cold shower. You just, fine, you, fine. You just get in and you close your eyes and you just brace no, it for it. No, you just turn no, it.
0: no, that's the rookie mistake. Start in a warm shower and then slowly like you're boiling a lobster in reverse, <laughs> slowly make it colder and you can handle it. Yeah. If you if you get into a cold shower, you're an idiot. <laughs> that, 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 that I'm an idiot. Oh, I just
1: Mark. I just get in and I like stand under it completely naked like you do in the Screaming. shower. It's just like here we go, here we oh go, go, here we go. And right. then I just turn on the cold water and just like
0: <gasps> oh my God. God,
1: uh, then it's all good. When I get out, I feel great. <laughs> there
0: you go. That's
1: right. Awesome. Alright, well, K-Star, I really appreciate you being on. Tell Juliet we're very thankful for her scheduling, prowess, and her amazing skills in all domains of life. Uh, and Hopefully, we will, we will have you on the show again soon.
0: Please, we'll, we'll, we want to tell you about the experiment we're under, undergoing with our uh, middle school. We've adopted uh, – we bought stand-up – elementary school, we bought stand-up desks for the fourth grade. Ah, oh, so I really
1: – yeah, I definitely want to talk more about that. That, that Oh, man. I, yeah, I wish we had another, like, hour and a half.
0: <laughs> we'll get in there. But we're, we're, start, we're starting to just, like, you know, ruin everyone around us. So it's on. <laughs> All right. Thanks, we're glad Dave. to talk about we'll it. We'll talk soon. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast.
1: Thank you, K-Star. And his friends call him K-Star. So, I mean, I guess we're friends now or something.
2: So you're just going to have to call him, Kelly, Mr. Yeah. Sturet.
1: <laughs> Mr., uh, Mr. Sir. Um, all right. And so we will have links to all of his stuff in the show notes, Mobility Watt on YouTube, his website, Uh, his book, all that stuff. He's doing great stuff, and he's super smart and awesome, and I wish we were best friends. And moving along, humans being human time. And we heard the Kidnapping Daisy story a couple weeks ago. This story is about a shark attack and a, how would you say, sort of a poorly timed 9-11 joke? Is that how you would say (laughs) that? Okay, hang on. If you tease anything like with quote-unquote 9-11 joke... It's uh, going to get bad, uh, bad really publicity. It's not really
2: a 9-11 joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one person in the world uh, that I know that would laugh at that. And so, his,
1: his initials are JP. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's just a 9-11 related story. How about we'll go with that.
1: Yeah, that's a better way to say it. Okay, here's Jen Gagné and part two of her Humans Being Human open. Okay, so moving moving on to story two involves okay, a shark. So
3: this is the uh, romantic 9-11 shark attack story. With my, favorite kind, my favorite kind of story is. Yes. Yeah. So it's sort of a story within a story. So on, on 9-11, we, I live near Washington, D.C., so we all got kicked out of work. I went right to uh, the Red Cross and said, hey, you know, I want to donate blood, and is there anything else I can do? So they said, yes, there is something you can do. So it was my job to hand out, like, the clipboards to folks in line. And then when I counted out the number of people – that they could that they could allow because they only had so many bags, then I would be the end of the line. So I went to the end of the line and there was chatting with this Russian lady there, and uh, I said to her, you know, just I don't know, probably not the best day for for jokes, but I was saying, <laughs> <laughs> it was, I really it was, <laughs> hey, hey, I was like, you know, well, at least the new the news is going to have something else to talk about other than shark attacks. Because that summer, I have a marine biology background, and that summer, they, it had been such a slow summer that that was all they'd been talking about.
1: It was scaring people to not go swimming in yeah, the ocean.
3: But it, but the, and I was like, well, at least they'll stop talking about shark attacks, because the rate's much lower <laughs> than usual, and I was, like, rambling on. And this woman's face lights up, and she says... I was attacked by a shark, and she, like, <laughs> rips up her shirt and pulls down her pants, and she has yeah! this, like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. So, and she she has this, like, 10-inch bite mark going around oh. her hip from the front all the way to the back.
2: Good God.
3: I could not believe it.
1: That's crazy. It was, it
3: was the second worst bite scar I've ever seen. What, it was The second amazing.
1: worst? Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. yeah what was, was the first worst? You had an African oh, safari?
3: Um, hey, <laughs> it. I, I, like I said, I was in marine biology in college, oh, right. and uh, I m- had the pleasure of meeting Rodney Fox. Oh, he Rodney the, Fox, huh? One of the, <laughs> uh, He's a, a shark photographer who did a lot of the consulting on Jaws.
1: You oh, said okay. did. Uh, oh, and I and one say, of the things he he's dead? famous
3: for is sur- the worst survived shark bite ever.
1: So he it, it suffered it, or he took a picture of it? He <laughs>
3: suffered it, and they took a picture of it with his camera.
1: What's the if, if and you, you saw do a it?
3: Google search for that. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Rodney Fox Bite. You're, you you could see daylight through this dude.
1: <gasps> okay. Are you looking at it now? I don't know,
3: Rodney.
1: Yeah. Rodney Fox, Fox. Bite. I'm going to do this right now. Oh my.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he, he lived because oh. his wetsuit was basically holding him together. Oh, and he's laying there, like, dying on the deck of a boat, and he's hollering at his friends, at least take pictures, take pictures. Oh, so,
1: dear he, God. Yeah. Yeah, See, everyone, like, listening like, I think is, it like.
3: Was 700 stitches or something. So, so when I met him, he was an old dude, and I was like, I know this is kind of presumptuous, but, like, can I see your scar? And he was like, sure. And he just whipped his shirt off. It was awesome. He rip- hey Rodney, take your top off. Yeah. He
1: just took his pants oh, yeah. off. And then you were like, I thought your scar was on your upper body.
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> <laughs> Careful, honey. It bites. Yeah. No, 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 no. So oh, yeah, he was a good sport
1: about it. Man, that is crazy. Well, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So, so this is
3: now s- a story within a story within a story. So. Yeah. <laughs> we got like because, in- double incepted on this. Yeah,
2: like a yeah. wrapped up- and see, that's <laughs> when my wife, like we'll go to the beach this is real weird. My wife loves the beach, but, like, uh, she won't go in the water, like, at all. And she hardly allows our children to get in. I have to fight her on this because she's afraid a shark is going to, like, swim, like, in the four inches of water and just bite my leg off. I well, hope my as, wife as,
3: as long I hope as she she's not this. on her period, she'll be okay. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> but there have been actually... St- Recorded. Tell her this. She'll love it. There have actually been cases of, like, there was a woman walking in the surf between her son and her husband in, like, knee-deep water, and this giant shark came and took her.
2: Well, uh, I will not tell her that, because then we'll never. Oh, okay. We'll have to cancel oh, our beach vacation. We'll crazy. keep that between me and you usually, and our friends of listeners. Usually,
3: so. they bite people, and they just swim away, and it's it's usually not a big deal,
1: oh, I relatively I can't stop speaking. looking at these pictures. Okay, we'll have to link Well, okay, to...
3: maybe not when you look at those pictures, but... Yeah. The, but the point is, that shark did the same thing they all do, which is they usually bite and then leave.
1: Right. They
2: don't,
3: like, take a bite out of you. Yeah.
2: Usually. It like, reminds me of that Chris Rock bit, like, about the uh, the Siegfried and Roy had the tiger, and one of them got attacked by the tiger. People were like, oh, that tiger went crazy. That tiger didn't go crazy. That tiger went tiger. Yeah, the tiger or, acted, acted like, like a, actually, a tiger. The shark yeah. didn't go crazy. Yeah. The shark yeah. went shark. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Well, but from the shark's perspective, it's like, huh, what's that? And then they do a bite, like, to test, and then they go, right. whoa, that's not what I expected, and then they leave.
1: Yeah, that's like when I poop my but pants. But that's it's not usually like, enough
3: to, if it's that big of a bite, that's enough. Yeah.
1: To, when, yeah. I, when I poop my pants, it's not like, oh, Mark, Mark is, you know, something's wrong with Mark. I just went Mark. I just, that's, just <laughs> that's normal.
2: Well, behavior. normally you're probably testing the waters like, uh, oh, what do I got going on down here? Oh, boy. <laughs> well, so, that
1: wasn't just, what you're, I
2: expected you're, at all. Oh, you're, just like, you're just like a shark, yeah. Mark. Congratulations.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Mark it's the second. shark. Ooh, made sense to me. Awesome. Well, Jenny, this was great. And uh, we really oh. appreciate Oh, no, is there more? I
3: didn't, I didn't actually tell you what happened to the Russian lady. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Usually, is this too long of a story? No, no, no. No, this no, no. We haven't even got to the story yet. Okay, cool. I'm sorry. We're riffing on Rodney Fox. and Yeah, and I look, thought it was over. I'm so worried. excited. There's more. Well, you know, you've had the snake poop. You've had the gore. So <laughs> you would think it's a complete segment, but it's really not. Right. Yeah, so, So she tells me this and then... So I say, at least the news will stop talking about shark bites. And she says, I was bit by a shark. And she's like delighted to show me the scar. And so I was sort of mortified because I thought I might have uh, offended her. And then she's like, but you're right. I've learned a lot about sharks since then. And, and they don't bite people that often. But I'll tell you what happened to me. And so I, I asked her to tell me. So I wish I could do a good Russian accent. But uh, alas, I can't. So um, she and her boyfriend got, came here in the 80s. So Cold War. Okay. To visit some friends of theirs. And they went to the beach. And this was like New Jersey. So being Russian, they don't mind going out and swimming in March
1: right. in New Jersey. Yeah. So no.
3: she swims like a mile out.
1: Wow. That's a long way. <laughs>
3: It, way out trying to sw- trying to uh, swim probably home. not a mile, but way out yeah. far enough out that a full size fishing boat passes between her and the shore. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now she doesn't know if they were just cutting bait or if they were actually chumming or what, oh, but this no. shark nailed her immediately afterward. Yeah. So she's in a panic and she quickly realizes that, and she's waving to the shore and they don't, they probably can't even see her. So she quickly realizes she's got to get to shore or she's going to die. So she starts heading to shore and, uh, she uh, is waving and waving, and they realize there's something wrong, but they don't really know what. So her boyfriend comes out to meet her, and she says, Oh, I got bit by a shark. And they're in like shoulder deep water. And he's like, Oh, do not worry. It was probably just, you know, one of those cute dolphins we saw yesterday bumped into you. We'll be fine. <laughs> so then they get a little further in. She says, I don't think I can walk anymore. And so he goes to put his arm around her waist. Oh, no. And ends up putting his arm into her <laughs> abdomen. Oh. oh. And so he's so startled that he actually drops her and says, "You're going to have to walk on your own."
1: <laughs> like I'm going to be sick.
3: <laughs> but of Bad course, lady, you're he, disgusting. He,
2: your he, your 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 near mortal wound is yeah. disgusting. <laughs> I can't help you anymore.
3: Nice <laughs> so, knowing you, honey. But you know, even yeah. I have my limits. No. So so they go to shore. They get her into a um, a like a jeep. The jeep goes to an ambulance. The ambulance goes to a mini-mall parking lot, and then there's a helicopter. So they chop her away. But the helicopter pilots say to the boyfriend, we, we don't have room for you. And so they ditch him there in the mini-mall parking mm-hmm. lot. Huh. So, so meanwhile, they take her to the hospital and fix her. So she's out of the story for the moment. So picture this. It's the Cold War. Here's a Russian guy in a mini-mall parking lot in a Speedo covered in blood. <coughs>
1: <laughs> oh,
2: oh my wait what happened why are you here oh my girlfriend got bit
3: by a shark
1: yeah
2: just took her away in the helicopter in the mall. Oh, okay. likely yeah. story yeah, so buddy here's some here's some handcuffs so, for you
3: have fun in so, prison so a police car pulls up and he's like what what do i do should i should i run away like what what but of course it turned out that the helicopter had radioed for the cops so they took oh. him back to his hotel to tell him to get cleaned up and they showed him on a map where the where the hospital was and so forth. So while he's showering off, he drinks like a whole thing of of vodka. Of course. Being Russian. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. And and on the way to the hospital, he drinks another whole thing of vodka. (sighs) So he bursts into the hospital and this, by now, she's out of surgery. He bursts in the hospital and says, my girlfriend, she was bitten by a shark. Please, do you need anything? Can I donate blood? And and the nurse looks at him and says, you look like you could use a transfusion. (laughs) So she, she... she directs him to the woman's room, and he goes in and says, "I am so sorry, I didn't believe you, please, please don't die if you just just promise me you'll live and and we will get married and move to America and have many children. just please don't die and Then he passes out on the floor <laughs> <laughs> so she hits the call button the nurse the nurse comes in with some orderlies they grab him and load him into the bed next door so then when he wakes up in the morning, he's real quiet. And she says to him, you know, I know you were just upset. You don't, because they had read, met relatively recently. She said, you don't really have to marry me. It, it's okay. But as it turned out, they did get married and move to America and have lots of kids.
1: That's awesome. So, yeah. So, so you there's know, your... normally your, my... and, 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 and at the wedding, they
2: went out and found the shark that drove them together and he was the best man. He wore like a little tie <laughs> right. and they wheeled him over and on a dolly. Like,
1: like the land shark on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Rings, <laughs> canogram.
2: Yeah. yeah
1: exactly. uh, <laughs>
3: so,
1: Candidgram. So there's
3: your ro- romantic 9/11 awesome. shark attack story. Well, at least
1: it you know, was a
2: good. I had to be honest with you. I was wondering how we were going to do romantic 9/11. Like, we, Mark yeah. and I have a friend that uh, makes tasteless jokes, and I was like, I wonder if we're going to get one of those. But no, no, this yeah. is actually a very romantic yeah. 9/11 yeah. shark story. If that had
1: been me so. making a tasteless joke on 9/11, I'd have said something like, "Hey, at least no one's talking about shark bites," and she would have been like, "All my oh! children, all my children died, but." By- by the hand of a shark <laughs> yeah, right. and I'd have been That's like right. oh shark. sorry thank you Jen Gagne and your contribution to the humans being human open
2: I think you pronounced that in a very weird way by the way <laughs>
1: contribution <laughs> yeah. contribution
2: yeah, yes. it's like a, are you British now we're gonna say aluminium well I've been listening laboratory
1: I've been listening to uh, the Game of Thrones audiobook and it's uh, something De- De-Tri- Roy Detrice I think is how you say his name and he's very British and that was more Irish. But anyway, uh, so You've, I... You have derailed. Yeah, I kind of get stuck on that. So, all right. Well, wrapping up, I guess it is now time for the Simply Human tip of the week, which is... Drum roll, please. Use a lacrosse ball. Go buy a lacrosse ball and watch some Mobility wad stuff on YouTube and start to try to unglue some of your tissues. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, we're about to interview Kelly. And shut up. That's what she said. And, uh... <laughs> I'm sure like there are some things that we talked about in the interview <laughs> now that you're listening to this after the interview, but we actually haven't interviewed him yet. And there are just some various things that you can do with a lacrosse ball to really start to unglue your hips and your shoulders and your back. Uh, so just go buy a $5 lacrosse ball and start using it once a day to try to help you unglue and, and gain your mobility because it's like... I've been working with some, with some collegiate football players uh, here this oh, summer. Oh, well, why
2: don't you just name drop one Well, I, I didn't, didn't name I mean, Oh, Me and some college football players, you know, we've just been working out and stuff like that. Me, it's just me, cool, totally
1: fine. Me right and there. some surfer dudes are like best friends. <laughs> and and like a lot of these guys are really stiff. And one of the things I've been telling them is like, there is like how stiff you are now as a 20-year-old co- college athlete is this, unless you take drastic measures to try and and – unglue and and not be so stiff it's not going to get any better you know well
2: i think i think too uh and this is something that and like we said we haven't talked to kelly yet we're recording this before we talked to him but this is something that i'm interested in flexibility because i feel like that is a vastly underrated part of overall fitness uh and i see it in my job uh granted it's not chasing after you know the joker and jumping fences every single day but uh if you think about like the skills it requires to 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 do something like that it's really more flexibility than it is strength or cardiovascular you have to be able to you know get your you know get your body Moving, I don't know if that makes sense or, yeah, to, to in put it that way, way. Yeah, we, we yeah. need, it's, it's definitely something, flexibility is definitely something we all need to be paying better attention. And I would even expound on a lacrosse ball thing and anticipate something Kelly will, uh, an overall thing that he'll say. Think outside the box when it comes to stretching. Stretching isn't just like what you did in, uh, you know, in fifth grade PE where you're, okay, feet together and down and touch your toes. And then, okay, feet apart and go to one side. It's not just that. There's a, a lot of different ways you can ensure flexibility. And so I'm sure Kelly's going to talk about some of those. But lacrosse balls, uh, uh, what are those foam, bands? Foam that rollers,
1: call? the uh, the voodoo floss bands, the yeah, those, resistance uh, bands. Foam
2: rolling, there's just a lot of things. And pay more attention to flexibility. I think that's one thing that will help you. And this is just my theory, not being a doctor. But that's something that will help people age more gracefully You look at an old person getting up out of a chair and it's like – it just hurts to look at them. But I don't know. I feel like if you spend – if you make flexibility kind of a a centerpiece of your fitness regimen, that maybe when you're – I don't know. 60 70 80 years old uh, and you take care of your flexibility until those ages that maybe it won't be so difficult getting up out of a chair getting up out of bed you won't have the aches and pains and the strains you know right
1: and if we lived like on the side of a mountain you wouldn't need foam rollers in the cross walls because you would be putting your joints through their range of motion just every, in your everyday life, just having to climb up and down stuff and hang from trees and and squat down. And I, I know one of the things uh, that's really important is squatting, like the squatty potty. We joke about that, but like it's just really important for you to get below parallel throughout the day and just be able to do that just from a functionality standpoint. So just pay more attention to your flexibility and know that however stiff you are right now or, or glued up you are right now in your joints, that... Unless you do something, you're not just going to wake up and not have done anything. And be like, "Oh, I'm I feel much more limber today." Hey, I'm doing the splits today. <laughs> Look at yeah, that, huh? Yeah, <laughs> like uh, Walter Matthau in the Dennis the Menace movie when he did the splits. Ah, it. Uh, it was funny. Okay, so that's going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. Coming up next week, uh, we we have some, uh, some sort of fluctuations in the schedule. I've interviewed Hilary Saffron, author of Laughing in the Rain, as part of the Enjoy Life. Uh, pillar ooh, a topic, so that that's going to be good. We have Dan Party back on the schedule. I'm I'm interviewing Jason Side. We're going to do a whole show just on women and like body image issues. Which since you don't have daughters, isn't a, a critical issue for you. But you do have a wife. I have a wife, uh, so yeah.
2: tread lightly around some of those issues. It'll help me <laughs> yeah. to understand. You know, the men are from Mars, women are Yeah,
1: thing. yeah. So he's got a lot of great thoughts. He's got three daughters, so it's something that he's you know really done a lot of work on. So we've got that scheduled. Uh, and we've got a lot of you know, fun stuff coming up on Humans Being Human open as well. So, By
2: the, by the way, uh, a new uh, Rick trying a new food video is up uh, on the YouTube channel, Me Eating Cauliflower. And uh, I, th- I think I'm going to put the – I also have a video yeah, of my dog, dog eating cauliflower and him being so much more adventurous about it than I am.
1: He just so. ate it. And then, like, it was, Anna was like, Yoda. And he, like, looked up. Like, he got all excited. like. like
2: yeah, so, so uh, if you would like to see a video of me eating cauliflower – I actually had cauliflower again last oh, night, very so good. it's on the list
1: of foods I'll eat now. You are the man. Very good. Word up. Find us online at SimplyHumanLifestyle.com. All the stuff is there. Links to the Facebook page, YouTube channel, Simple Human Kids. Simple Human mom's page. SimplehumanLifestyle.com slash shop. If you want a t-shirt, uh, you can email the show at SimpleHumanLifestyle at gmail.com. Email Rick, SimplyHumanRick at gmail.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes, good or bad, any publicity. It's good publicity. That's going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember, when I performed this maneuver, she made this noise. Uh She made this noise. (gasps) So until next time, enjoy yourself.